What's going on? Happy Wednesday. Pete Callender here in the uh, Ty Boyd studio. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, you can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Some really big news coming out today from the, uh, just moments ago, from the State Department. They are uh, they are now going to be using Calibri, not Times New Roman, as their font. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken sent a cable to all embassies directing staff not to send him any more papers with the Times New Roman font. The subject line on the memo was, The Times New Roman are a-changing. John Hudson from the Washington Post says, I've been informed this is not the result of some aesthetic opposition to serifs. You know, that means sans serif means without the feet, right? I think that's what that means. So the, the, the little, yeah, the feet on the bottom of all the letters, you know, or and the tops, they got the little, the little perpendicular hashes or whatever. It's not some aesthetic, no, no. It's apparently the change was made because fonts with serifs create, quote, issues for individuals with disabilities. I'm not aware that serifs were causing issues for people with disabilities, but if you are looking to uh, to send the State Department any communiques, make sure they are in Calibri beginning uh, early February, or else they just won't read them. They will not get forwarded on. Having solved all of the other problems that are uh, in the jurisdiction of the State Department, the font issue has now been addressed. Thank God. I wonder what font the uh, top secret documents are. The top secret, look, the top secret, like those letters, you better not lose the serifs on those things. That just not, it would not look the same, you know, like the big classified stamp in red. It just doesn't look the same with Calibri, with a sans serif or Ariel or whatever, Ariel, I don't know. Ariel, I guess that's the Disney character. Is that the mermaid? Is that a princess? Mermaid? Okay. So it just doesn't look the same. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, convey the, the level of seriousness and importance and Cold War aesthetic, you know? It just doesn't... Like, if I saw something marked top secret in Calibri font, I might just take it home. I might take it home, I might bring it to the office someplace, might stash it in the trunk of, uh, of a car in the garage. I don't know. Because it, it just doesn't convey the seriousness of the material. By the way, the uh, Biden administration is now getting some kudos for finally answering some questions, or I should say taking some questions, because they're not really answering anything. But they're taking questions now about the garage gate, uh, the uh, the garage files, or the Biden files. I, we I don't think we've I don't think we have settled on a on a name yet, a branding campaign for this, have we? So the White House sought to deflect criticism that it is withholding facts about one of the biggest debacles. Don't call it a scandal. It's a debacle of Joe Biden's presidency. NBC News says they're now taking questions 
about batches of classified records found in his home and an old office. This occurred yesterday. A White House official, Ian Sams, spoke to reporters Tuesday about documents dating to Biden's vice presidency. The first time the White House has solicited questions about the classified materials. Although Sams offered little that advanced the public's understanding of the matter, the mere willingness to address questions was itself a departure from the initial response. Right, now that now that a special counsel has been appointed, the investigation is underway. Now they are, yeah, sure, we'll take some questions. I mean, we can't answer any questions because, you know, there's an investigation underway. And so we are more than happy to make Ian Sams available to say we can't comment rather than just, you know, burden Karine Jean-Pierre with all of those responses. I mean, she can only say no comment so many times before people start feeling you know, a little bad for her. So here's this other guy. He'll say no comment to you. He'll say we can't uh, comment on an ongoing investigation. He'll say that to you guys. And maybe you lay off Karine Jean-Pierre just a wee bit so she can now spoon feed you the talking points that the administration wants you to report. Thank you very much. Biden's Democratic allies have faulted his handling of the controversy, calling on him to be more forthcoming about how the documents wound up in his Delaware home and a think tank in Washington, as NBC News reported last week. I went over this the other day. Byron York from the Washington Examiner makes, I think, the critical point here, right? Be wary of a story that starts midway through. And that's what this story did. We found out about it a couple of days, well, uh, what, a week or so ago? But the files, the top secret documents <clears throat> that were found at the, uh, the president's, quote, think tank, that, by the way, Secretary Calibri Blinken um, was in charge of, right? He was, he was running the show over there. We don't know the origin story of the files, how they got there. What's the origin story? Maybe we could get, I don't know which one is it. Is it Marvel or is it DC? I don't know. I'm not trying to start a flame war here, but um, like with all of the origin stories of the Joker in the Batman story, like can we not get an origin story of these files? Somebody, please. I mean, we got movie after movie after movie telling us how Batman became Batman and Joker and all that. Like I don't, I don't need any more of that. Just tell more stories, tell different stories. But they always feel the need to go back and tell the origin story, just like with less and less lighting. Anyway, Biden's Democratic allies have faulted his handling. Eh, eh. Sam's a senior advisor to the White House Counsel's Office, said in the briefing that because of an ongoing Justice Department investigation, the White House is limited in what it can responsibly disclose. Officials are trying to publicly explain. <clears throat> yeah, that's what they're trying to do publicly explain what happened without compromising the federal investigation. And this is a difficult balance to strike, right? Well, good thing you didn't try to answer anything beforehand, right? Because if you had answered it before, when people first had these questions, like, what were you thinking? As Peter Ducey asked, or, you know, why did the, why did these documents end up at the, at the think tank? If you had tried to address them before the special counsel investigation began, then you, you know, 
you would be under no prohibition to say. But now that you've appointed the special counsel, now you have the cover story of I can't comment on an ongoing investigation. So sorry, but we should get some credit for at least taking the questions now because we didn't take the questions when we actually could have answered them. But now we can't answer them because of an ongoing investigation, you understand. And so now we should get credit for fielding your questions, which we won't answer. A law enforcement official said the Justice Department has actually not instructed the White House to stay silent about the facts underlying the investigation. Oh, so actually they can comment on it, but they cite the investigation as the reason they cannot. Conveniently. Biden's private attorneys discovered the first tranche of classified records on November 2nd, six days before the midterm elections, as they were clearing out an old office Biden had used in Washington, D.C. from 2017 until he began his presidential campaign in 2020. All right, so here's the origin story. All right, first off, where did the documents come from? Where were they removed from? First question, right? That's the, I don't need to know what it is, but where did it come from? Who walked them out of that skiff? Who signed them out? How did, right? And then how did they end up at the, the think tank and in the home? And then... Why were the private attorneys the ones that were going through the documents when they were packing up the office? Why was that? Why are you paying attorney fees? Because you are, right? This is the president's personal attorney. Their private attorney, his private attorney. And I'm sure maybe he's on retainer or something, but they're paying him. Why are you paying that attorney to do a job that movers do, basically? Unless, of course, you thought that there might be some, I don't know, material in the documents that... Yeah, maybe. Hey, so this Friday, all day long, WBT hosts are going to be broadcasting from the 31st Annual Union County Crime Stoppers Barbecue. It is going to be at the uh, Union County Agricultural and Arts, uh, sorry, and arts. Agricultural and Events Center in Monroe. It's on Friday. Doors open at 11 o'clock, runs through 6 p.m. And it's uh, it's for the Crime Stoppers organization. There's going to be a bunch of people there, uh, state, local, federal representatives. There, I think uh, Miss North Carolina is going to be there. they got live music, and uh, we're going to be there. I'm going to be broadcasting there. Uh, I mean, not that that should stop you, but if you wanted to come by, all day long, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., we're broadcasting, but the doors open at 11. Tickets are 10 bucks uh, a piece, and you can get all of the details at UnionCountyCrimestoppers.com forward slash BBQ. Uh, email from Joseph. Pete, Boomer Von Cannon doing two traffic shifts means he gets this month's Al Gardner Iron Underpants Award. I think it was called uh, Iron Pants is what is what we called him. Iron Pants. Because he would do the... <laughs> but yes, along the same lines. I mean, it wasn't Iron Underpants. It was Iron Pants. Because it was, uh, Richard Spires gave him that moniker when he did the election night coverage. It would have been probably 2000. I think it was probably 2000 because that was the Bush v. Gore in the uh, uh, election and... We didn't know who won, and there was all the hanging Chad controversy, all that stuff out of Florida. And so Al just stayed on. I think he he may have gone all the way through that night. I don't know. 
He may have just gone on the air at like 6 o'clock in the evening and then just worked all the way through and did his morning shift. Um, I actually, fun fact, <clears throat> I, I used to do a triple split shift working at another radio station, um, small station, and so I would get up and I would do the news in the morning. I would read the news in the morning, and then I would go home for like two hours, catch a, you know, get something to eat and, and uh, catch a nap. And then I would come back in and I would run the Paul Harvey segment and a local produced show for about an hour or so. Then I would go back home, catch another nap, and then I would go out and cover meetings for like the city council, county commission, whatever. I would count, uh, cover the, the government meetings and prep the newscast for the following day. And sometimes, you know, I'd get home at, I don't know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and I'd catch another nap, and I'd get up and go to work again. That's the radio life for you. One time, one time, it was over the Christmas break, or the Christmas day, it was Christmas day, and of course, everybody else leaves, and we had this computer system, and this is back when the computer systems were just sort of getting started in radio. Like nowadays, a lot of radio stations, there isn't even anybody there. There's nobody in the studios anymore. They're just... Some, some of them don't even have studio space anymore. They're just computers. And um, and so this was one of the first... It was, it was one of the first programs called Pristine was the name of it. And it was anything but, I can assure you. And this thing had a problem with the clock. And so it it was constant. If, if it got off clock with the computer setting, it would slowly try to correct itself, almost like a delay function. But what that meant was... When the cues were supposed to fire, so the commercials or the news or the elements were supposed to hit, they weren't hitting because the clock was was slowly getting off, you know, off and off and off. And so we noticed that the clock is off by one minute, but everything is firing correctly the, on, on Christmas Eve. So I tell the operations manager, don't touch anything, don't, uh, don't do anything, just leave it as it is. By the way, we're seeing a flashing light that says WBTAM is off air. So if you can't hear me now, let me know. Um, and so the the um, the computer was a minute off, and I say, well, don't don't touch it because it's firing correctly. The stuff is the log is incorrect, right? The computer program is incorrect, but for some reason, it's it's still firing. It isn't doing that corrective measure at this point. So don't touch it. So we work, we work, we work. I crash on the couch in the uh, in the lobby area, get get some sleep. I wake up. The OM, the operations manager, has left me a note, and he says, "Hey, heading out of town. Uh, you know, I, I reset the clock. Why would you do that? He resets the clock, and so now it's like three a.m. and we're supposed to be hitting the top of the hour newscast coming down from the network, and it's not catching it because now the clock is trying to correct itself." All day long, that Christmas, every single hour, I had to come back to the station and hit the button. Hit enter to advance to the, ne- to advance the computer program log, to advance it to the next hour. Every single hour, I had to come back to the station. I, I was supposed to have the day off. I did not have the day off. I got to work every single hour for like... Two seconds. <laughs> that would be, I guess, like a, like a, what, what, what's 12 or 24? It's like a 24 hour split shift. 
a split, 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 shift or something. Wow, don't say that on the air very quickly. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was awful. One of the most, that was one of the worst Christmases ever. Well, actually probably was the worst. On Twitter, got a tweet here from my friend Ray Cooper. Don't forget, Pete, that when an attorney does anything, even packs up a box in the president's think tank office, on-the-clock attorney-client privilege is created, and then they cannot be compelled to testify about what they did or saw, even to Congress. Even if they saw a crime, Biden was paying for silence. And Chris says, Pete, would I be crazy for saying the regime raided Mar-a-Lago because it knew it had a problem with the Biden documents? And the Republicans being likely to start investigations after the election? Well, okay, even if that was the motive, Donald Trump gave them the opportunity, right? He gave them the opportunity. That's what it looks like at this point. I stand to be corrected if it turns out that all of the stuff he did declassify and it's a whole bunch of nothing. We shall see. But right now, everybody is operating at a loss because we don't know what the documents are in both cases. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. A couple more tweets here. I think the lawyer who is the lawyer for the president, the office, cannot do private work for Biden. Right, that would be the White House general counsel. I think that's Sauber, right? Robert or Richard Sauber is is his name. Um, Right, so this is Biden's personal attorney that originally went and looked through and still went through and found the documents. Uh, The taxpayers cannot be charged for this type of work. Biden had to pay for his time back to the government. Okay, no, this was his personal attorney, so he was paying that personal attorney. Right. Um, still need to know who ordered the Penn Biden office search. That was so the story is that nobody ordered the search, that it was part of them boxing up and clearing out, and that's when the lawyer found the documents. And that's my question is why is the lawyer doing the boxing up? Why is the lawyer involved in that? Why is Biden's personal attorney doing the boxing up of the documents? At the think tank. And I got a message about this also. Um, Wait, Pete, you say Blinken was in charge of the Biden or the Penn Biden Center? Yes, he was. He was the director. Um, Message then says, I bet the center was to be set up like the Clinton initiative. Ergo, large foreign contributions. Biden attorneys, or yeah, well, actually, Penn State started pulling in tens of millions of dollars from China, from these uh, shell companies. Uh, were uh, Biden attorneys were clearing uh, were clearing out evidence of money laundering, expecting congressional investigations? Maybe Blinken could have walked those documents out of a skiff. January twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. He previously served as deputy national security advisor. Um, under Barack Obama and Deputy Secretary of State. So, yeah, he probably had the clearances. He could have walked him out of the skiff. Maybe Blinken was going to work on a book. Our Secretary of State benefited from Chinese money prior to being Secretary of State. Maybe this is a Blinken, not a Biden scandal. Blinken did found a global consulting firm in 2017, and he had access to top-secret stuff when he was a Democrat staffer. Um. 
Dun, 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 dun. To, to the Hellion says, Pete, you commenting on computers and radio stations. And then the station just dropped. I don't know if that was computer related. That might just be stick related. But we're back. And we're back. Uh, another Pete tweet. Since Hunter Biden was paying rent, did he take a deduction? Yeah, have you seen this story? They found some, uh, there was some document, I guess, that came off of a, uh, a government filing of some kind. I don't remember where it may have been for a court filing, or maybe it was for the handgun purchase or something. I don't remember. But uh, when people were trying to track down whether Hunter Biden was living at the Wilmington residence at the time these classified documents were there, they found this document that shows Hunter Biden claiming the that home as his legal address. I went over this the other day, right? He had his PayPal uh, account set up. Uh, he changed the address there. And he was paying like $49,000 per month in rent. But then there are some other documents that that show that he had checked the box that he owns the house. So which is it? Did he own the house or was he paying rent to the big guy, 10%? Because that's what that is to me. I mean, that's what it looks like, right? It's a money laundering scheme. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm living in dad's house and I'm, quote, paying rent, and the rent is $49,000 a month. Please, give me a break. But Hunter Biden was also, you know, part of Biden Incorporated, uh, you know, the this influence-peddling family business. What was his job? He talked about it in his book. He talked about how he had all this pressure on him to have to bring in the money Right. Because there were Joe Biden had two sons. One son was the public uh, figure and one son was the private figure, the public figure, Bo. Right. He was the one that was on the path to, uh, you know, fulfill or, or, or walk in dad's footsteps and, you know, do, quote, public service. Right. He would get into the elected office and Hunter Biden. Well, his job was to bring in the dough to make the money. Right to sell the influence, you got to have somebody on the outside to do that, and that's what Hunter's job was. It makes perfect sense to me. Like I'm an Occam's razor kind of a guy. The most obvious explanation here, right? The most obvious explanation is probably the truth. He's using the forty nine thousand dollars per month rent in order to launder money for some reason I don't know what. I just got a message from Justin. He says the 49000 amount is the exact amount he was receiving from CEFC. Was that the Chinese company? Right, so is that getting, is, it, it's the pass-through. It's obviously the pass-through. Oh, also, according to Joe Biden's tax returns, he did not declare any rental income on his tax returns. Yeah, it's not adding up, folks. Now, I'm sure at some point CNN in about another two years will catch up to this. I think this is funny because apparently CNN, they just reported today that Joe Biden did, in fact, meet with his son's corrupt business partners on multiple occasions when he was vice president. <gasps> no. Really? Of course, everybody that listens to talk radio already knew this. We knew this, what, two years ago? When Tony Bobolinsky came forward, the New York Post got censored with his Hunter Biden laptop story. It's not about Hunter's junk. It's not about his crack habit. 
It's not about his proclivity for hiring hookers, although there might be a human trafficking uh, charge to be found somewhere in there. The problem has always been the shady connections through his, quote, business dealings with foreign governments, particularly China and Ukraine. And whether or not those dealings, uh, whether they compromise national security because they compromise him and his father. And if his father knew about them, which remember his father said he didn't talk to his son at all about the business. And Tony Bobolinsky, former partner of Hunter Biden, said that's not true. Joe Biden did talk with his son about business. So Joe Biden lied. I mean, I know we shouldn't be surprised at this point. If you know Joe Biden, you know he's an inveterate liar. Just all the time about everything. He just told some more on MLK Day. I mean, he's no George Santos, don't get me wrong. You you don't get George Santos status unless, you know, you're a Republican. That's the key there. A Republican lies and it's like, God, we got to get rid of him. Joe Biden lies for 60 years, totally fine. Put him in the White House. So Joe Biden's been lying about his knowledge of Hunter Biden's business dealings for years because Joe Biden has been supported financially by Hunter Biden's business dealings. That's what the rent check is for. That's a $49,000 payment. It's a pass-through. Do you think Joe, do you think Joe Biden evicts Hunter from the house if he doesn't pay? Do you think that actually happens? Do you think that so all right, let's say yes. Let's say you uh, you know Joe Biden he would he totally would do that. He's charging rent, it's all above board. Okay. And he would totally evict Hunter Biden if he didn't pay the amount of money. Okay, well why set it at that amount? Why set the amount at 49,000 and change every month? That is about uh, eight times the going rate for a month's worth of rent in that neighborhood. Even if you were to double the rent, it's still not 49000 So why charge that amount? In fact, charging that amount of money that much, doesn't it raise the possibility? Doesn't it make it more likely that your son is going to get evicted because he can't pay it? I mean, who could pay I mean, fifty grand a month? That's like, that's, let's see, do the math on that, uh, what, 60-something? No, 50, no, it's, wait a minute. 50 grand a month times 12. What is that? 600,000, uh, 600? That's 600,000? It is. That's nuts. Wouldn't it raise the likelihood that he, go, that he gets evicted? Seems like it. Why would, why would Joe Biden do that to his son? We were told, remember, when the audio came out and of the recording that Joe Biden left on the voicemail and people were like, oh, it just shows he really loves his son who's struggling with addiction and all that. Right, so why would you charge him 50 grand a month in rent? Why not just kick him out? Why extort him? Why would you do that to somebody who's struggling with addiction? Why would you extort them for 50K a month? Oh, well, you know what? Okay, hang on a second. Just dawned on me. Maybe Joe saw all the paintings that Hunter was doing and knew, man, this kid's got talent. Seriously, no joke, man. And he saw the talent and he said, I could probably sell these paintings down the road. Maybe that's it. I don't know.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got a message here that they have apparently pulled down Biden's tax returns from uh, his website, but the the archive, the Internet Archive, has it. Is it the Wayback Machine? Has it? Interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. Uh, maybe Joe Biden did not report the information since the deposit was made into their joint bank account, which was used to pay the family expenses, as he told his niece how he paid for everything. That's that's a good point. Uh, got a follow-up from Justin with a link to a Breitbart.com story. Hunter Biden's monthly rent of $49,910 matches a rental deposit at the House of Sweden related to the Biden family business venture with the infamous CEFC China Energy Company. The deposit also matches the amount of money he logged on a 2018 background check document unearthed by the New York Post's Miranda Devine. I'm sure it's just a coincidence, the $49,910. And I'm sure it's just a coincidence that it's under 50 k that it's just a wee bit under $50,000. I, I don't know why. I mean, like, I really don't know. I know that there's, you know, like the $10,000 mark where once you go above that, then it gets flagged. Maybe there's something, there's some banking rules on that where they start looking closely at something that's 50K. Or maybe it's the 10% for the big guy. I don't know. Maybe it's 10% minus fees, the transfer fees, wire transfer fees and stuff. I don't know. Uh, this from the Wall Street Journal. The Justice Department considered having FBI agents monitor a search by President Biden's lawyers for classified documents at his homes, but then decided against it both to avoid complicating later stages of the investigation and because Mr. Biden's attorneys had quickly turned over a first batch and they were cooperating, that according to people, quote, familiar with the matter. Right, so in the case of Biden, it's hands off. We'll let them continue doing their thing. We'll let them keep looking. But with Trump, it's no, 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 we got to go. We got to go get the documents. Mr. Biden's legal team prepared to search his other properties for any similar documents and discussed with the Justice Department the prospect of having FBI agents present while Mr. Biden's lawyers conducted the additional searches. Now, remember, all of this started with the box at the think tank, right? The global, uh, the Clinton global, I'm sorry, the Biden global, I'm sorry, the Penn Biden Center, right? That's it. The, the PBC. Okay, so it all started there when they were just, you know, clearing out the office. And it just so happened that the lawyers were the ones doing the moving. Because that's what lawyers do, don't they? Look, I can tell you, as one who has moved five times in two years, never once did I have lawyers helping me move. I had teachers, I had drug addicts, and I had a paralegal. And me, you know, radio host, podcaster. But no. I never had a lawyer working on the clock, charging me legal fees, right, to help me box up anything and move it. All right, to be fair, I did not know if they were drug addicts, but they did steal a box, and so I assume, okay, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Maybe that one had the classified documents. Okay, it doesn't matter. Here's the key, though. While that was occurring, they're boxing stuff up, and oh my gosh, where did this come from? However, did this get here? And now, fine, we'll take some questions. We're not going to answer them, but 
We can't. We totally would. We totally would answer your questions. But we're under investigation by a special counsel now, which we appointed. And we didn't appoint them before you started asking the questions. Like, there was a time we could have answered the questions, but we said, no, we're not going to answer the questions, so we appoint a special counsel. Now we can't answer the questions. But remember, the White House did not acknowledge the found documents until the CBS report came out this month. Would they have ever told us? Right? That's what I mean. The origin story doesn't make sense right now. We haven't, we, we haven't been told a believable origin story, where this stuff came from, how it was discovered, and whether or not the administration tried to play hide the ball with it. Because nobody knew about this for three months. It was only after CBS printed the story. And now, after the lawyers come forward, the DOJ is like, hey, you know what? We'll just let you keep doing the searching. You search the homes and you just let us know if you find anything. The idea here, according to the Wall Street Journal, is that the Justice Department would preserve the ability to take a tougher line, including executing a future search warrant if negotiations ever turned hostile. Right. Of course, the flip side of that is that they can also destroy stuff. All right, up next, we're going to talk about a massive donation to help Marines. Stick around.